Welcome to 5 Minutes of Courage with Maggie Arndt. This podcast focuses on God's Word, the Bible, and how much God loves you. Our goal is to show you throughout Scripture how loved and valued you are by the God of the universe. 5 Minutes is all you need to be filled with hope, joy, purpose, and yes, courage. Now here's your host, Maggie Arndt. Hey everybody, welcome back to 5 Minutes of Courage with me, Maggie. Today we find ourselves in day two in the second, not the second, sorry, day two in the sixth chapter of John. Numbers, they're hard. And yesterday when we left Jesus, he had sent his disciples across the Sea of Galilee over to Capernaum in a storm. He had just fed the 5,000 and he walked out to the boat and poof, they were somewhat miraculously immediately in Capernaum. And so we're going to pick up with that part of the story. What happened was it was nighttime. There was a storm, obviously, and many of the people woke up and noticed Jesus was gone. And so some of them scrambled to their boats. Some of them walked. I don't, I've not been to the Sea of Galilee, but I can't imagine that that's a, a quick jaunt. But they, they find Jesus on the other side and they first ask him, well, Rabbi, when did you get here? Well, if you notice, Jesus doesn't answer their question, because if he did, the answer would have been, well, I walked literally over the Sea of Galilee in the nighttime to help my disciples. Then I miraculously transported our boat across the remaining distance of the sea, and that's when and how I got here. But he doesn't say that, does he? Instead of telling them when and why he came, he tells them why they came, because he already knows. They wanted more food. They wanted more miracles, and frankly, they were chasing down their king. And he tries to make a contrast between material things and spiritual things, because it's universally true that people are more attracted to, to material things than spiritual things, right? So if, if there's a, a sign that says free money and free food, it's always going to get a bigger crowd than one that says spiritual fulfillment, eternal life. You know, which one is going to draw a bigger crowd? It's just how humans work. And they were very impressed with these miracles, and they didn't want to let him go. And so they chased him across the Sea of Galilee. Well, in the meantime, not only were the the 5,000 or so people from the previous day there, but it says that the people from the synagogue in Capernaum, came to the crowd and so at this point the crowd's really big and so Jesus says to them don't labor for food which perishes if you look in verse 27 in the NLT it says but don't be so so concerned about perishable things like food spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the son of man can give you now he's referring to himself as the son of man because he doesn't want to use any kind of a political term like savior or messiah making them think that they that he is there to rescue them from the oppressive romans and yet he refers to himself as the son of man And he wants them to see that what he's looking for is not just blind obedience. Don't follow me just because I do cool things and because you're going to do what you're saying you're going to do what I tell you. If you're a parent or if you've ever even met a child, you know you don't just want blind obedience. I mean, obedience is a good thing, but you don't want just that. You want a relationship of trust 
and love. That's going to be even more important. And the hope is that obedience will grow out of that relationship of trust and love. And God wants the same pattern with us. We need to to first trust and love, and then we can follow and obey. And so at this point, they bring up, well, remember that really cool bread called manna that that came out of heaven that Moses made happen. And Jesus clarifies in verse 32, I tell you the truth, Moses didn't give you the bread. Who gave you the bread? God did. God gave you, and he says, my father. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. And when we're hungry, we feel as though food may answer all of our problems, right? Well, it's the same way with almost all of our other practical difficulties that we find ourselves in. Just as Jesus was trying to lift their understanding above material and physical needs, we also need to have our minds lifted. It's much more than, what is the job I have? How am I going to fill my belly? How am I going to get to the end of this day? There is a lot more to life than just that. And Jesus says, he who comes to me shall never hunger. It should not be regarded as an abstract statement. What Jesus is doing is constituting an appeal. Jesus is the bread of life, and so all are invited to come and to believe. And when he says all, he means everybody. Now, a lot of times, pretty much all of the time, the Bible will use more of a masculine pronoun, but all is a neuter word, which means generally everything, all persons, all are welcome, all are invited to come to him. And at this point, some of the people began to murmur. And you know when murmuring is happening, it means people aren't very happy and they're they're starting to grumble and... Someone even says in verse 42, isn't that Jesus, the son of Joseph? Can you just, can you just hear the people, the busybodies? Isn't that Mary and Joseph's boy? Who does he think he is exactly saying that he is, he is the, the bread of life and that he is the son of man and that, and that, that food that Moses brought down from heaven was really from the father? You know, we're really a little bit confused and maybe annoyed by this at this point. Well, Jesus is inviting them to stop complaining because whether or not he heard them, he knows. And he says, stop complaining about what what I said in verse 43. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws them to me. That means that in their hearts, they will be drawn to Jesus and should be by his words. And yet they're so busy murmuring and quarreling amongst each other and worrying about their tummies that they can't really hear him. And then all of a sudden starts the complaining and the the confusion about, well, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? We all know Jesus isn't saying, take a big nibble off my arm. Bread of life is a metaphor. Bread from heaven, metaphor. Living bread is a metaphor. Bread of God, also a metaphor. And it doesn't surprise that Jesus extends the bread metaphor to his actual soon-to-come sacrifice on the cross. That's where he's going with this. 
and it may seem confusing to us, but here's what Jesus would have known, that the teachers of the law would have been really well versed in the theory of sacrifice, and they would have understood exactly what he's saying. The eating of the flesh and drinking of the blood was completely an allusion to the sacrifices required in the Old Testament. They were a, a a civilization based on sacrifice, on actual flesh and blood of animals being sacrificed. They would have understood the metaphor and, and they were just frankly maybe being a little bit difficult. So before we conclude today, I just want you to think about this. Seeing a loaf of bread is not going to satisfy our hunger. Knowing ingredients in the bread is not going to satisfy hunger. Taking a picture of the bread won't satisfy hunger. Telling other people about bread is not going to satisfy your hunger. Selling bread won't satisfy your hunger or playing catch with the bread won't satisfy your hunger. Nothing will satisfy your hunger or bring you life except actually eating the bread. He who eats this bread will live forever. And the bread of life, which is Jesus, is offered to all people. And when you choose to eat from the bread of life, what are you? You're a recipient. You don't really need to do anything other than to open both of your hands and to receive. So as you are listening to me today, open your hands and receive this free and precious gift that is given to all people. Because as we will find out tomorrow, not everybody wanted the the free gift. And many disciples desert Jesus at the very end of our chapter, which we will conclude tomorrow. If you get a chance to check out Keep the Conversation Going with Bethany and Jonathan Franco, my new friends, you can find their very fun and interesting podcast on all the same outlets that you will find mine. And I hope to see you or have you listening back again tomorrow to the end of chapter six tomorrow. Be well. Thanks so much for listening today. Please subscribe to this podcast. I'd hate for you to miss out on even one minute of courage. Then share it with all your friends. If you'd like more information or would like to contact me directly, go to 5minutesofcourage.com. That's the number five and you can connect with me there.